Hawaii, the podcast co-hosted by the Governance Program at the Aga Khan University and the International Society for Islamic Legal Studies in cooperation with the University of Bern. Welcome to a new episode of Sharai, the podcast. My name is Gianluca Parolin. And my name is Serena Tolino. In this episode, we are delighted to have as guest Maryam Benammar from the University of Calgary. Welcome, Maryam. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, Maryam, for taking the time to be with us today. We would like to ask you uh, something about your hobbies and what do you like to do in your free time? I uh, like reading. I read manga and watch anime, but uh, because of the PhD studies, I don't have many time, many free time. And in the case I have free time, I prefer to uh, work out or travel and sightseeing or cooking also. I love cooking and I like learning new languages. I started learning the German language. It's difficult, but <laughs> it's fun. What's your favorite anime, Miriam? It's not a shonen uh, type. I prefer something that's really not so dramatic, but uh, like Conan, like detective ones, or like the shoujo type. It's romantic, but not dramatic. And you are also in a wonderful place for sightseeing, isn't it? I mean, Cagliari is really a nice city. And- yes, Cagliari is very beautiful, very calm, and uh, it has a really beautiful uh, sea, the beach. All Sardinia is beautiful. I didn't get the chance really to visit all the Sardinian cities except Sassari, Olbia and the zones from the center. It was for my PhD studies to see the cities that are similar to the Medinas. And from Italy also I didn't get the chance to see all the cities except like Bergamo, Milano and Venezia. So in your doctoral thesis, you're actually looking at urban centers. And actually, you are in an architecture department, aren't you? Yes, I am an architect and I am in an architecture department. I also obtained a master's degree in architecture, but this was in Tunisia. And the subject was about Tunisian reforms of the 19th century as a moment of architectural hybridization. I worked on a college called the Sadiki College as a case of study. In fact, it was an attempt through architecture and education to modernize a country threatened by colonialism. And uh, now I am in the Department of uh, Civil and Environmental uh, Engineering and Architecture. We are working right now on comparison between uh, Tunisia and Medina. Like I said, uh, Tunis, uh, Kerouan from the center, uh, Sous from the... um, the center of Tunisia and a selection of historical uh, centers from uh, southern Italy like Sicily, Puglia and Sardinia. It's just uh, a comparison of uh, the development of cities between the Middle Ages and the modern era based on the lecture and analysis of urban planning regulations and cultural traditions. We have uh, from the Tunisian side a set of manuscripts of Islamic law relative to 
architecture and town planning. And from the Italian side, we have legal acts that talk about architecture of streets, uh, public spaces, residential areas. It's an analysis conducted in cities that share a rich common heritage and whose uh, observation of their respective peculiarities or common rules of organization, as well as the relationships that bind the various spaces of their respective urban fabrics, require a broad and articulated study. We concentrated our study on the Mediterranean area, like I said, Tunisia and southern Italy. We will uh, see as uh, an examples of study like the party wall, the neighborhood, streets, uh, especially the impasse, and uh, architectonical elements like uh, the sabbat, the subject of uh, my future paper in uh, the workshop, and like lightning, opening of uh, doors and windows. So when you say we, who do you refer to? Okay, me and my thesis supervisor. I am used to talk in we, but it's I, in fact. <laughs> Lovely. So what period are you focusing on exactly for the PhD? Okay, it's in fact the examination of the urban fabric now in the 18th century with what we have like uh, maps and plans, but we will go back to the Middle Ages to look for the legislation and uh, the legal acts origin and the organization of the city from the Middle Ages, like uh, in Tunisia from 18th century, 9th century, but uh, in the Italian region, 12th century, looking for the origin of the creation and the development of the city. Can you share already some results on common aspects that you found on the two shores of the Mediterranean for what regards uh, legal practices? Okay, like, uh, for example, the streets, measurements of the streets, like the opening of the doors and windows, the lighting, and uh, the element that I uh, spoke about, uh, which called the sabbat, is in fact a construction about the street that we can see in uh, the Tunisian Medina, also in uh, Italian cities, and it's called uh, supportici, the Italian term. And, for example, the layout with impasses, we can observe this uh, same layout in Italian cities like uh, Sassari, like Martina Franca, like uh, Serrenti from Sardinia. Like It's the same layout. We have also the house with the courtyard, of course, with the differences, for example, for the use of courtyard in uh, an Italian city here. The courtyard is, in fact, uh, more like an economical element than a residential one because they attach to the house like a fabric or agricultural component. But in Tunisian Medina, it's for lighting and for having air because the temperature is more high. And, and for the conference in London, you're going to focus on exactly on this particular aspect of the Sabbat from the perspective of Hanafi jurisprudence. So basically from the perspective of the administration, the Ottoman administration in Tunisia at the time. What was their view of the Sabbat? 
Okay, for the paper, it will be a presentation of a Hanafi law manuscript written by a Tunisian jurist about a legal case of a constructive element, which is the, the Sabbat. Uh, like I explained, it, it's a, a construction established about the street and uh, sustained by two opposing walls. It's generally the Sabbat is a room. And this element, by uh, belonging to the private and uh, the public domain, can cause, in fact, diverse problems, especially between the, the owners of the, the two opposing walls. The manuscript that I will present examine a case described as following. By the terms are uh, of the author, I did uh, a sample translation. Like, we have a discontinued impasse. Above it, a sabbat established one of its ends supported by the wall of its owner's house and the other on the wall of his neighbor. A sabbat destroyed, so his owner wanted to reconstruct it. And the owner of the worst wall, I mean the neighbor, prevented him. Does he have the right to reproduce it in its initial state? Why? Acknowledging that the first wall is the neighbor's property, or can he justify the reproduction based on the claim of permission from the owner of the wall, or benefit from a claim to buy the right of use from him or not? So we will see together the situation presented by the author about the Sabbat and the interest also of the jurist in this question. For uh, the Medina of Tunis, we can find more than 400 sabbat, which is an economical, really, structure, because when the family, for example, need to enlarge a house or have a, a son that's going to, to get married and have his own family, so the owner of the house decided to take, like, the space above the street to build this construction, which is only accessible from the house's owner, of course, and we have the problem because he needs the other wall, the opposing wall, to support this construction. We can see more during the presentation of the paper. Yeah, thank you very much. We are looking forward to your presentation then. Thank you, you're welcome. I was wondering, because the Sawabit are also quite common in Cairo, did you have any chance to compare the solutions of the Tunisian Hanafis, that is the, the, administ the Ottoman administration in Tunisia, and the Ottoman administration in Egypt, for that matter? Do they share the same view of the Sawabit? Unfortunately, I did not. I was only focusing my study on this manuscript and the case of Tunisia because it's already too much for me to compare with the Italian side and then to go. But but this is really an interesting, and I thank you for this suggestion because it's an interesting, really, suggestion and advice. I will look uh, into this uh, question. I will try also to find some articles because I didn't find so many works on this. Uh, and uh, it's true. I have two articles that spoke about Egyptian cases, so I need to look more into this matter. Most likely, participants in the conference will be interested in the different reactions that could emerge from a Tunisian Maliki context and the more Shafi context in Egypt to regulations by Ottoman Hanafi authorities, which is why I was raising the question, because you might get it okay. <laughs> from the conference participants. Okay. <laughs> so thank you a lot for your time, for uh, being with us. And then 
see you in London. Thank you, Mariam. 